and welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin. Dan and Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Hi. Look at our glorious welcome. faces. We have faces. We're not just disembodied voices. <laughs> Jason's drinking from the skull of his enemies. That's right. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, this is our first show of 2023, and not only that... This is the first time that we are recording video on this show, so it's kind of a big deal for us, right? Yeah, it is. It'll be curious to see if the video makes it online or not, if we're just going to talk to ourselves for an hour. Uh, Jason, your daughter said earlier that she was following us on Instagram, which is nice to know that at least one person saw us. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. It makes That's me wonder if she knew about her Christmas present early. Uh-oh. Since I talked about it last time, but we'll see. Well, my daughter does listen to our podcast. Does she listen to it? She probably just watches the Instagram feed. Okay. My well, middle daughter I, told no me no tonight problem. she would listen if I mention her. So, okay. hi, Meg. <laughs> Go to bed. Hi, Meg. Hey, Meg. I've mentioned you. One more listener. That's right. Very good. Very good. Well, we have a good show. We're kicking the year off right. We are talking about our new year's resolutions but more importantly i think we're reviewing last year's resolutions to see yeah. how we did how right did we do because the track record of people's resolutions generally is pretty poor so you know, it's funny the fact that we keep uh show notes i was able to go back and just copy paste from last year's so that we can hold ourselves accountable that was good i that what foresight you had in <laughs> Yeah, I'm holding you accountable for my resolutions. <laughs> there we go. I didn't type that. Very good. <laughs> well, uh, as always, we are going Geek Week. Jason, how was your Geek Week? I had a fun Geek Week, man. I've been spending the last couple weeks working on a Slaves to Darkness army. But I'm doing this one a full print with the Lord, Lord of the Print uh, Unchained. I really really like the aesthetic of that so i've been working on um optimizing the printer for the models um and uh i think i've got it pretty good i think you know these are they're really cool cool little guys i think that they really do look like chaos warriors um you and i have both kind of talked though that they are they are not hero scale so if right. you try to pat match them up with um other games workshop models if you're playing Warcry, which is what i want to play them for then they look a little thin maybe they haven't been eaten as well right but i took their heavy guy and i actually um i actually printed him at a reduced scale this guy's actually normally a really big mini um and okay. i reduced him down to the size of what uh, games workshop i only have the old school ones here chaos warrior uh yeah. looks like and he is he is a lot thicker and i think he's on the same kind of order of magnitude of thickness of a chaos warrior now so i think it's going to look pretty good um i i uh, i built a slave to darkness list around what i could print <laughs> so so we'll, we'll play it at the table and i'll probably be like eh, but you know it'll be fun we'll see how that, optimized that is yeah yeah it'll that, be fun uh, that's where creativity comes from it comes from the cr constraints mm-hmm I actually feel like it's a it's not a bad list. I don't think it's going to be an A list. I'm worried, you know, and we've on our Warcry uh, episode, we, you know, we've talked Slave to Darkness is a, a, a love the aesthetic, but they just don't hit very hard. They're, I think they are very survivable across the board, but they just don't hit very hard. But that's not what this episode's about. But I think, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're comparable to the Stormcast Eternals, but the Stormcast Eternals, because their model range is so large, yeah, they've got mm-hmm. a couple heavy hitters in there that can augment, yeah. right? So, and I'm yeah. trying not to do a soup list. I want to do. I want to get up several games in with the like a vanilla Slaves to Darkness, uh, and then add some flavor in from the other uh, from the other chaos uh, uh, warbands in there once I kind of get a feel for what the strengths and weaknesses of the vanilla slave to darkness are so that's been a lot of my time is you know optimizing supports and that kind of stuff I feel like I'm getting a lot better at it so making a lot of good progress um, nice. the last the other thing on my geek week is uh, uh, over the break um, I've been diving into Wednesday the um you know the adams oh, yeah, family okay. spinoff which uh, i you know i love that show i love the uh the theme the way that uh, what's her name uh, is it jenna or ortega ortega yeah 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 the way she portrays wednesday and and i don't need to rehash what you know all the late night tv interviews have said she does a really great job so it's a real fun show if you like if you like adams family from back in the day but you like a dark sinister modern feel to it that's a little less TV PG and more along the PG 13 realm. Um, then, uh, this is a good show to watch, but that's been my geek. week. I'll say my only complaint about Wednesday was, um, the guy that they cast for her dad. You didn't like, like him. I'm not a big fan of him. No, mm. no, he just didn't seem like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Catherine Zeta Jones is, is her, you know, Morticia is like fantastic, right? But uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think the I, show I, the, the show has not been about him. It's been about Wednesday sure. and yeah. her mother Morticia more. Yep. He's really just kind of been this side thing. So, but yeah, yeah. we'll see. But uh, cool, that's me. Uh, yeah, I read somewhere where she did one take where she didn't blink, and then Tim Burton was like, "Do that every time." Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. she uh, never blinks. Only a couple of times in the show that she'll blink, which is kind of. You know, unsettling. Classic yeah. Tim Burton stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I liked it because it's Tim Burton, but not like full blown Tim Burton. You know what I mean? Like it's not Beetlejuice. Like so it's still Well, I would say it is a more of a morbidish than normal Adams family. It is still centered around teens as actors. Yeah. So it it does kind of pull right. a little bit, I think, less of Tim Burton style we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty good stuff. But I'm not I'm not finished with it pretty yet. I have a couple episodes left, so oh. we'll see. I thought they stuck the landing. I'm just gonna say that. I thought they did a good job with it. You so know it I think you'll enjoy I'm it. I'm sure they did because that's seems to be the theme of twenty twenty two. You know, whether it's a good series or bad series, it's worth watching the last one in the series. That's what everyone keeps telling me. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later with you. But I think uh, we might. We might. Yeah, yeah I think we might. I, t- I still have not been able Dan? to push through Lord uh, Rings of Power, man. I, I'm struggling. Right? But, that was another show that I think I, if I, you stuck around to the end, you're like, yeah. okay, I can see how this show ties together. Right? Yeah. I'm trying uh, to I'm trying yeah. to push to the end because I hear good things about the ending. I think, like I, I think I mentioned on the show before, it, it, it benefits people that read the Silmarillion 20 years ago and they've read it two or three times since then. You're like, oh, oh man, I've got I've got some really diehard Lord of the Rings fans and they hate it because of how much it deviates from it. I know, but, but they're too. That's the problem. It's with every fandom. Yeah, I mean, come on, go to a Marvel movie where they're like, oh, they did that right. wrong. You know, I mean, come on, uh, that that's a standard complaint. 
people on the internet have a tendency to complain. No. What? Go figure. Um, no, uh, I liked uh, I liked it because it rewarded you if you just knew the language of the lore. If you understood, you know, the difference between a Noldor elf and a Sylvan elf, you were like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Like, but if you like really care about the intricacies of the sequencing of the plots, it's like, come on, you got to make a TV show that people want to watch, not a not a perfect visual depiction of a book. That's a snooze fest, in my yeah. opinion. Yep. So what's up? What about well, you? Then, how was your cake week? How was my geek week? Um, Tonight I played Marvel United. I got my son for Christmas, the corset, the Spider-Man expansion with the three Spideys and uh, Green Goblin. And I got a standalone Doctor Strange mini for like nothing this year. It was like $15 for all those three things. I got it for a song. And I was like, even if this game sucks. You have a really good... You have a good habit of finding things that are really good bargain. Where did you get all that for fifteen dollars? We, we should have like the Amazon. we should have like the bargain week list from yeah. Dan. It could have been know? like right. nineteen ninety nine, but I was like, oh my gosh, the sculpts are great. They're cute. I can see how some people may not like the sculpts of Marvel United because they're they're geared to a, a younger audience. They're like they're like squishy. They're, they're like squishy hero scale. Squishy hero scale. Like what, take hero scale and go. Those, um, the big heads. What are those yeah. things called? The the go no goji um Funko Pops. Oh my gosh. Funko Pops. They're like Funko Pops. Yeah. A little bit. They're just small and cute and fun. And yeah. it yeah. doesn't really demand a lot from you. So my son is 10. It's a game that's for 14 and up. He got it. He figured out more of the rules than I did. He's like, Danny, but dad, you've been playing this wrong for the last half of the mm-hmm. game. And now we're losing. Why did you have him calling you Dan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, my 10 year old often refers to me by my first name because he's like, Sir, uh, Dan, uh, I would like some allowance, please. Yeah, you guys, when you sign a card, you write the word dad, right? Love dad. Well, the yeah. first two letters are my first name, I just have to remember to hit that D or that N, mm. right? How often do you stick that landing? Not as much as I would like. <laughs> so Marvel United is fun. Uh yeah. you do the the uh terror clock as it were is you start running out of cards and you're like, oh my gosh, if we're out of cards, we die. And there's not a lot, there's not enough cards, right? And so we barely and I was playing it wrong, granted, but still they do not give you enough cards to like engine build or anything. You got to get in there. It's a it's an action game. You gotta go. If you know what you're doing and you work together as a team, you'd be may, way more efficient. So uh it was fun. I want to play it again. I want to play all the other bad guys, I want to play all the other heroes. So I'm excited about it. It's a good game. And that was one that I had asked um uh our board game friend, her Instagram handle as Oh, the gamer babe. Gamer babe yep. about Charlie. Yeah. wonderful. I was like, I just picked it up. I don't know if it's any good. She's like, it's good. She was, she did not lead me astray. I also picked up Bunny Kingdom. It's still in the plastic wrap. I got it for my my daughter. So we're gonna we're gonna crack that one open pretty soon. So my next Geek Week thing is finger joints. Now follow me here. We're gonna go on a little bit of a journey. 
how this relates to Geek Week. So if you don't know, finger joints are kind of a fancy, fancy way when you're in woodworking to show off. It's kind of like how to build a really strong box with no screws or nails. Mm. And you have to be super precise because you have to cut out all the little fingers on each side super, and everything has to fit together perfectly. And so um, last year I had a goal to build a, a, a box. So I, uh, for a nativity set, I inherited a nativity set from my grandparents um, that have both passed on. They got it in Bethlehem in 1968. It was handmade oh. in Bethlehem. And they have a bazillion grandchildren, and I got it. Um, that has to do with my wife jumping on Facebook real fast and going, send it to us, send it to us, send it to us. Anyway, it was in a horrible garbage box wrapped in newspaper. And my grandfather was a master woodworker. He was The reason why he was in Bethlehem was because the United Nations had sent him to New Guinea, and he was making his way across the world to teach headhunters carpentry in the, in the, in the late 60s. So anyway, so yeah, I mean, so I was like, I got to make a nice box for grandma and granddad's nativity set. So I taught myself how to do finger finger joints, which is basically a very fancy way of showing off your woodworking skills and how it relates to Geek Week in a couple of different ways. Number one, I would go, when I went to tournaments, I would see all these really fancy Etsy boxes that were wood that people had like cut out on CNCs and had glued together and you can go buy it on Etsy for like a lot of money, hundreds of dollars. And I was like, you know what? I've, I've, I'm pretty good in the world work, woodworking thing. I can kind of build my own. And now if I build my own, it'll be just a little bit fancier. It'll kind of show off. I got the idea from a, a, a really cool guy online that makes really cool Star Wars stuff. He had extra X-Wing stuff and he was making boxes. And here's the geek thing is we have all these games where you don't actually get a box that fits the game, X-Wing or Mod, any of these mini games that we have. They're not, the boxes that you're getting your sprues for Warcry are, except for the main big heavy duty boxes, those are in, those are inadequate for storage. And so I want to mm -hmm. start right. making some uh, very kind of um, nice boxes that are designed to last. I, you know, I've got a couple of sets of minis where they came in a cardboard box because that was the add-on in the uh, in the Kickstarter, and it was like, oh well, we didn't put it in a real box because this was just this yeah. is just Kickstarter benefit. So I've, I've I'm going to do some cool box making. The other thing is, is it, it, I had to make three to get to the nativity set. I I have to like teach when I teach myself something new. I have to be making two crap ones ahead of the good one that comes in third behind. And I think as gamers, sometimes we don't give ourselves enough chance to to experiment with trial and error, especially mm -hmm. when we're crafting. I mean, I can get really frustrated. You guys remember my level of frustration with Warcry halfway through the year. I was like, ah, <laughs> totally unhappy all the time. But I was like, give yourself room. Don't make the first thing you work on your prize piece, the thing that you really want. Practice your skills on crap that don't matter. So I have two crappy boxes because... Those crappy boxes are three, four steps ahead of the nice box that will put the nativity set in. And so anyway, it's one of those gamer things. I, it's one of those kind of crafty things I'm going to be doing more of this year. And that's not one of my New Year's nice. resolutions. That's my No, week. but it uh, sounds uh, interesting. 
And now I can show off how right on, my man. My, my, my very fancy, no, no screws, no nail joints. Show off. Yeah. Show off. Right on. Uh, uh, my geek week was spent in some pure hobby bliss this last little bit. So I got um, the um, next edition of the Warcry box. So you might be able to see it over there on the camera. Well, the geek week thing's hiding it. But it's the Sundered Fate Warcry box. So I'm holding up right now my, like, here's a, a Pteranodon guy. Here's a little skink guy that I built, right, with a blowpipe. Kind of hard to see in the camera. Mm -hmm. But yeah. there's some models that I got done there. So I got those built. I do need to build the Jade Warriors. Um, I've already picked out some painting schemes for them. So the, the skinks, I'm going to do a leopard skink, which are their blue with dark, dark blue stripes um, with some bands of turquoise and black on them. And then the um, jade warriors, I'm going to do like an Aztec. So I'm going to do the like a jade mask, jade weapons, but like nice red cloaks with some like gold in there as, in there as well. So I've, if they weren't uh, skinks, I would have bought that box. I had money. I was like, I want the new Warcry box. Oh, they're <sighs> dumb looking lizards. I'll wait for the next one. So these lizards, I am, I we're going to review this in next week's uh, uh, War Cry. I do not know how this was a list that got put together because they just look super weak. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, and how maybe, much is that? Maybe their retail? whole thing is about war control. Was that a um, It was one fifty. I got it with one fifty. One fifty. I think it retailed at one eighty something, but I got it for one fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I did get my orcs for a kill team all painted and done. So look to Instagram. I'm going to be yep. putting these out. I uh, uh, 3D printed some of those bases and uh, dust them up really nice. So they look. Hold it up uh, just a little bit very... more. It was hold hold it up just a minute so we can see the base that you 3D printed. Let me yeah. Uh... Because it's being blocked by your name on the still being blocked by. Oh, there you yeah. go. Up up. There. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on that base. You 3D printed that. Where'd you get the 3D print file from? Yeah. Um, I found it on Colts 3D on the website, and it mm. was a $3 base pack that we had. And nice. I, I was happy to pay that because um, that saved me a bunch of time and effort in trying to create my own bases, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, they had them in, in uh, the 40 mil, 32 uh, mil, 25 mil. And, of course, you could scale them up if you need to, needed to, but um, it worked out well. And then... Sorry, hold on one second. I'm going to grab. It's a good look for you, Justin. Yeah. Good Thank look. you. Uh, so um, I've got my Rottmeyer Creed done as well. So those look pretty. The camera's having a hard time focusing on these yeah. guys too. But um, put some swampy bases on them and got them all Are they all done? done? Up all your Rottmeyer? Yep, all of them done. Nice. Yep. So there's my blowpipe guy. Yeah, maybe they'll so, uh, uh, be looking better against the ogres now. Exactly. You always roll better with painted miniatures. Always. So that is a fact. Um, and I will um I'll post a lot of those to Instagram because I got some new lights and a new camera background. So I think you'll see some improve. So follow us on tabletop and beyond Instagram because you'll start seeing some miniatures that we'll be posting. And uh Jason, we gotta get you on the Instagram too and show off some of your 3D yeah, I spent uh, a lot of this last holiday tearing my hobby room apart to try to make it a little more optimized. So my my crap's everywhere, 
Uh, so I'm not really optimized to sit down and paint right now, but I'm hoping once I do, I can get in a routine again. Nice. Very good. Uh, the last thing is, is one of the, one of the goals that we had this holiday and we didn't, we didn't succeed mostly because my son is turned into a feral animal. And so he's like, comes and goes as he pleases, but we tried to watch as a family and or. And um, I'm going to be honest, Not a good guys, family. This... That's not uh, a good it is for It is for, for the 13, 13 and 16, 16-year-old. 16 the older the kids. The littlest one's not watching it. Yeah, the older kids. They can watch it. But I'm going to be honest, guys. I think that that show was a little hyped up for me. I'm not loving it as much as everybody else is. My brother I called me and said, you gotta... this is the best show that has been on TV this entire year. I've only yeah, heard good things about know. it, except from you. I know. I know. <laughs> you need to ride the hype wave when it's a wave, because then <laughs> you're all it's good, and then you watch it, and you're like, it wasn't that good. Yeah. But if you would have started I, watching it with everybody else and went, oh, well, this is good, then you would have been part of the hype wave. You know what, Dan? I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you on that, and and I think that's part of it. Um and uh yeah i just i also think i i truly believe this after having talked to multiple people i think the ending is going to make this show better because everybody i've talked to has finished it and they're like it's an amazing show the ending was fantastic like it concluded it like like it ended where it needed to like you haven't, you haven't finished it yet no no oh. i've got five more episodes so i'm reserving total judgment i'm i'm giving myself myself some space to improve the opinion but so far i'm in episode eight have you gotten andy circus's like, bit yet have you seen andy circus i have on there? and by the way he was a very bright spot in a very dull episode in my opinion yeah yeah but he really is good yeah i was this, like dude i was like andy circus like and he like killed it when he was in it like andy circus is amazing i don't know you take know? any so. series randomly pull it off the shelf anything that's been made in the last 36 months Look at the mid episodes, look at the, like whatever it's, if it's six episodes yeah. or 10 episodes or 15 or whatever, find the middle episodes and you will find the pacing problem. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I, they, I totally agree. Everywhere. With you. House of it's the dragon was everywhere. the same way. Yeah. House yeah. of the dragon was the same way. I even think Wednesday has some middle pacing issues with it too. Right? Like I, I think a, a lot of them do. I, I 100% agree with that. So again, I'm reserving my final judgment until we finish it. And I really think, as Jason mentioned before, like the end is kind of what is making some of these shows better. So, um, yeah, there's a well, show on HBO get... called HBO called White Lotus, and um, that was a really stupid show. But the ending, like all of a sudden, made that show way better. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. So, some shows way back when we were growing up had problems finishing. They didn't know how to end it. They usually ended on a cliffhanger and then got canceled the next season or whatever. Now shows are ending really well. They just don't know how to do the middle part very well, I feel like. The so. the other thing that Lord of the Rings and Andor and Boba Fett and all those things have in common is there's always a really strong fan service background layer. Yeah. So if you're a fan and you speak the language of that fandom, all the Easter eggs and throwaway lines, they're just like... You know, they're throwing grapes across the room and I'm yeah. catching them all in my mouth. And so <laughs> that's, that's one of the problems is if you're just watching it to watch it, like, oh, I heard Andor was good. I heard Obi-Wan was good. 
you know, you're enjoying it on, on, on a surface level instead of at the stupid Easter egg level. And I live at yeah. the Easter egg level. That's like, I can't get out of the way. Easter In egg Lord of the Rings. Yeah, problem. that's true. It's yeah. true. So. Well, you're not a bad part of the problem. You're not a bad person. <laughs> you're not a bad person. Well, I also wonder, I also wonder if part of the problem is a relative problem in the sense that Andor was made in a year of, I want to, I hate to say this, but kind of mediocre television. Like we had a lot of, a lot of content that came out and not a lot of it was great. You know what I mean? I I think a lot of the MCU shows that came out were very subpar this year. Um, I think even some of the Star Wars shows that came out weren't that great comparatively you know um so like you, Boba I, Fett, I even think yeah you know I, and so um and so but at the same time i've been going back and i've been watching some other shows from previous you know that have stood out that people said this is a great show to watch that i did i missed back in like 2015 or 2016 or something like that and so i've been i've been these shows that are like were the cream of the crop back in 2015, 2016. And I'm kind of comparing them to some shows that are now that are just kind of mediocre. And I'm like, eh, like the writing's okay. Like, but I've also been like eating, you know, like high quality, you know, content. Look, so, I, I'm going to be um, honest. Relative issue. I have a bias for television that is pre-streaming like shows that you can yeah. watch now that maybe they ran on network because they were under different artistic constraints and they had to right. produce a higher quality product in less mm-hmm. time yep. with a different kind of budget than these streaming shows. Yeah. And they could be picked up and renewed and all that stuff. Some of the shows I keep streaming over and over again, predate my Netflix plus whatever Amazon habit. I, I think that's a great point. I think that, you know, and I agree with you. I, I think some of the shows that I've seen, even, even, um, well, yeah, I mean, like, even like it, it, previous HBO shows, like if you go to The Sopranos or The Wire or Boardwalk Empire or something like that, those all predate streaming and they still had to prove their worth at the end of every season. You know, would, would you so, say that we are still recovering from the writer's strike of the late 2000s? Oh, that's an interesting. I feel like when that writer's strike hit, and like re- that's when like reality TV kicked in. This was before streaming. This is when Netflix was a yeah. DVD that showed up in your mailbox, right? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, the writer strike happened, and all TV quit. And then it just became the studios just started doing live TV, where anyone could be an actor, right? And there was no yeah. writing. It was just we'll uh, we'll put everybody in a room on a beach, and we have to see who comes out alive. You know that kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, none, of that, feel like, none of that stuff is rewatchable now. I know, and I feel like you know, boom, we went down and I'm, I'm not sure we've fully gotten back up. I think we've had some really good stuff, but I don't know across the board if we've had television series that have gotten back to that point, but maybe we have, I don't know, but something to think about that was late two thousands, yeah. right? It was like 2000, what, like nine or 10. Or I remember like when that. it hit Battlestar Galactica, that was a big deal. Cause Ron Ron Moore, yeah. who is the executive producer yeah. of Battlestar, he was very involved in the writer's strike. So mm-hmm. I think he had a leadership role in the Writers Guild. So I remember during the oh. podcasts, when podcasts were brand new, he would do a commentary track for all the episodes of Battlestar. He would mention the writer's strike a mm-hmm. lot. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, anyway, it's a good it's a, it, that'd be interesting to kind of dig into that and see. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. So anyway, that was kind of my geek week, watching watching a bunch of TV and doing a bunch of hobbying. So I, I very much enjoyed it. I don't want to go back to work tomorrow. You know, <laughs> but who does? <laughs> so anyway. All right. Well, with the geek week wrapped up, uh, we are on to the geek news. The news. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. Very good. Even with a high production, we're still going low tech. That is low production. That is gorilla production. Hey, that's in now, man. Lo-fi. That's pirate radio. Yeah, lo-fi right there. Lo-fi. Well, we've got one news item today. We are in holiday week, so there's really not a lot going on, and that's to be expected and good. Uh, A really important thing that dropped, though, which affects a lot of people across the entire gaming world, especially with RPGs, is um, Wizards of the Coast posted a new frequently asked questions about the new open gaming license and about the system reference document. So just for those who don't know, the open gaming license is a thing that allows you to go make your own D&D compatible content. It works for fifth edition and it works for every other edition that it covered before that. Pathfinder lives and breathes on the, on the, on the open gaming license. And if you walk through Gen Con and you look at somebody's RPG book, a booth, there's a 50-50 chance that they're using open gaming license to make money. There's another thing called the system reference document. The system reference document is like the 20-page version of the rules that you get, right? There's like one feet, you know, um, there's, it's a very, very pared, pared down version of, of the player's handbook, like down to 20 pages. So what Wizards of the Coast said is that one D&D that will be coming out will be backwards compatible. We've mentioned that before. It'll be backwards compatible with fifth edition. So that's good. So everybody who still wants to publish under the old open gaming license is is good to go. But they are going to release a new 1.1 version. Now, there's only been one version that they just keep editing when they add different editions. Like 5th edition, it was on the same license as 4th and 3.5 and 5 and all the way back back down to whatever. But they're forking the open gaming license. So this one, it makes clear that materials that are created, that it only covers use that are, uh, the covered use case is tabletop role-playing games. Now, if you try to do other things like, you know, video games or videos or other types of digital content, that requires special licensing through Wizards of the Coast Hasbro. So it doesn't need to be in paper. It can be an EPUB or a PDF or whatever, but it still needs to be, um, if you're deviating from the product of being a tabletop role-playing game supplement, then you're kind of in trouble. You're not in trouble. You have to tell Watsy what you're doing or get permission rather with from mm-hmm. Watsy. So <clears throat> they're changing the terms. So they're going to make sharing uh, content for free its own special swim lane. 
in the new open gaming license, which is cool for people who like to post things in Creative Commons and so forth and so on. If you are going to um, sell anything, you have to accept the license terms and then you have to let Watsi know what you're doing. You have to report your annual OGL related revenue annually if you make more than 50K a year. This is a really big change to the open gaming license. So if you make more than $50,000 US, you have to tell Wizards of the Coast Hasbro that you did. And uh, you have to put a creator product badge on your work. Now, if you happen to make over $750,000 on your product, you will have to start paying royalties starting in 2024. So according to this FAQ, they only have like 20 content creators that make over $750,000 in a year. So that only really applies to them. Um, and that's for publishing content compatible with the 1.1 version of the open gaming license. So it's a really big thing. Um, it, this open gaming license has been the beating heart of the secondary market for role-playing game stuff. Paizo's entire business is based on the open gaming license, like their entire business. Even I would even argue their minis are based on the open gaming license. So um, most of the publishers that we talk about, Free League Publishing, Modifia, I don't think Modifia, I think Modifius may have some fifth edition stuff. I know Edge Publications is put, has put out, one of the only things they've ever published mm -hmm. has been a, a 5e compatible supplement. So this is a really big deal and it marks a slight change of course, but over time changes of course will have a longer impact than they will when, when it originally goes into effect, which should be early this year, 2023. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. I think it's, I, I, I think a lot of people started to freak out when they saw this, like, Oh my gosh, what does this mean? Uh, but then when they saw, Oh, you really only have to, you know, report if you made over $50,000 in a year, which to be honest with you, your average Joe Schmo that's making a, you know, $2, PDF adventure that they're going to sell on DMs Guild isn't likely going to hit that those numbers. You know, um, it's it's the thing. It's the people like the Cobalt Press and, like you said, Free League Publishing that may port over some of their um, systems into Five E. So yeah, I, it it'll just be interesting. I do you think that this will put a damper on some of the content that the bigger companies put out? Will they will they continue to put out a Five E? um version uh like for example the one ring came out with its own system but then they put out a one ring 5e version yeah i i think absolutely there's no reason they will not do something that they already have in their business plan that is already showed to generate profit for them you right. know if, if the big guys when they breach 750k and they have to profit share they're just gonna have to update their business models and they're gonna have to update their uh their roadmaps to account for that um, but it's still revenue. It's still increasing. Right. They're not going to just exactly. ditch all of that revenue and walk away from it. The, the other thing is this is not, this is not unheard of, right? This is an evolution of a company who has started to bring something to the mainstream over the last, you know, five, five plus years. This has become mainstream when the unreal, and I don't think they're net, the license was currently work like that. Now, either the unreal engine or the unity, I think it was the unreal engine. At one point they went through a period where they said, Hey, anyone can, it used to cost money just out the door to use the Unreal Gaming Engine. Mm -hmm. And then they went through a period where they said, you know what? We're just going to open the door to everybody. 
but if you make more than this much a year with our engine, then you have to move up to the next tier and start paying fees. This is not an unheard of model for licensing yeah. capability. If you're if you're a little dude, if you're an independent, and you're just in there having a good time, no worries, you don't have to pay us anything. Get up to fifty thousand, you know, fifty thousand dollars. Now you got to start reporting so that we can kind of pay attention. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's like it's not going to affect anyone except for the people who are already doing it. And like I said, they're not going to walk away from the revenue. They're just going to update their update their uh, their uh, pipelines. Yep. Yep. And their forecasts. 100%. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think uh, they're doing what they got to do. Right. Like, yeah, this is a in demand product. So, yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, you know, and I know we harp on D&D a little bit here and there, but because uh, there is a world outside D&D, this this is not I don't think this is unfair. I think this is a very fair no. model. And I think it will help wizards of the coast continue to enable additional content for their product which a lot of people benefit from so mm -hmm. i i and i don't think it's an unfair way of doing it yeah and if you've made half a million dollars like on a kickstarter for D, &D huh, right bully for you i mean that's great bully I mean, for you yeah it, exactly i don't know what do you think with those videos that they were doing uh like the matt matt mercer which uh matt colville Matt Covet, which was the one they made their own Machina. Yeah. The D&D yep. &D cartoon. Yep. They raised mm -hmm. millions of dollars. Right. I wonder if they would have had to, this, that's a, that is not tabletop RPG. I don't even know if they were, if they were getting close to copyright infringement with using the system, referencing creatures, referencing, you know, I don't know if there's D&D &D specific IP where they would have triggered Oh, this oh, this new open gaming license thing. I guess it depends on where the boundary is on what is covered in the OGL, right? Which you don't need to dive into right now. But it's, like it's not if, even out. We're just waiting yeah. for it. You know? If you create yeah. your own monster, random monster with your own name, you know, and you create a stat block, if that stat block is compatible with D&D, &D, does that mean it's covered by OGL? Yeah, I so think, those yeah. are the kind of questions that we're gonna have. We're if gonna you, start you to ask the EFF, the Electronic Freedom Foundation. Corey Doctorow has really, really strong opinions about this. Basically, when you boil it down to brass tacks, according to Corey Doctorow, there is no game mechanic in any RPG that's truly copyrightable. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you could come out with your own constitution, intelligence, deck, strength thing yeah. and a lot of rpgs sound a lot like yeah. the old D, D with the six I, tributes yeah. i think that D, &D uh, maybe i think you could probably copyright thaco yeah stuff like you that. could probably cap copyright thaco we we're gonna say constitution yeah, yeah, Look, mankind has had constitution well before we were rolling dice yeah, yeah. cool well that's yeah. that's that interesting this is gonna change affect everything that's going on in even this is bigger than just rpgs for our non-rpg listeners because mm -hmm. What Wizards of the Coast does with D&D &D spreads out all over the place. And there's also board games and other types of products directly associated with the D&D &D brand. It is Hasbro's most profitable brand, profitable brand right now. It beats Transformers for some unknown reason. Um, so just because Transformers uh, sucks. Well, I think those I movies are terrible. Their movie revenue. I, I don't know. If it included their movie revenue, I think 
Every time they make a Transformers movie, it's always big in Asia. So that's where they. <laughs> that's <would be>. true. <laughs> we're like, were we done with the series like four episodes ago? They're like, no, oh, we're just printing our own money in Asia. They love yeah. it then. Yeah, and and I, I was in Avatar the other day, and it, and a new trailer for one dropped. So I'm like, yeah. I looked, I turned, I literally turned to my wife and I was like, I literally thought that this series was done. I guess not. No. Is it still Michael so. Bay? Oh, it has it to might be. be. It, it has to be. be that that guy that guy has got he's got a Scrooge McDuck money based on Transformers, man. <laughs> All his movies are exactly the same. Yeah, the same. They are. <laughs> even, well, that's the Ambulance. Oh, the trailer. What was that movie? Oh. Ambulance? Or uh Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean that was one of those where the trailer played the whole movie for you, right? Yeah, I watched the movie absolutely. in like five minutes, like all right, whatever yeah. seen that movie. But it was all the same. It was just you know, crazy close-up facials, shaking cameras, explosions, and that's it. <laughs> and if somebody says, Hey, hours. did you see that movie? You'd be like, Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, well, yeah that one, one came on right before this other movie I watched. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, the news is not over. You had another <laughs> news right. item. I apologize for trying to end it. There is. This is this is a this is one that I put in um because apparently Dan has been filtering the Paizo information <laughs> because he doesn't like Paizo. <laughs> So that's and, and you know what, Dan? Fair. That's your opinion. That's your hey, opinion. Hey, you guys say I spent too many, put in too many news items. If I gotta choose between Wizards of the Coast and Paizo, Paizo loses his hey, every time. I hear you. I hear you. So here we are. Um, Paizo is looking for leadership volunteers in 2023. This came out a couple weeks ago, but I believe that they're still looking for folks. What it's basically asking for is um, volunteers to come help run some of their events, such as PaizoCon and GenCon coming up in the next year. So, you know, if you've never run something at a convention and you're kind of a little hesitant to take it all on your own, like basically, you know, prep your own game, go run your own game. Uh, working with a company is a great way to do that. We've seen it with uh, Baldman Games. Um, there's other there's other big companies out there that will um, you can join and do stuff. We talked to a couple of people from Asmo Day, I think, at Gen Con this year. And, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm just a contractor. They pay for some of my stuff and I get to come play games and it's great. And, uh, you know, I got to work a couple of shifts, but that's how it is. Well, uh, if you are interested in doing something like that, uh, it's a great way to come to a con, too, because you get to meet a lot of people and you also get to run games. So um, they've got a lot of different positions there. There's like the play coordinator. There's the schedule folks. There's the GMs. There's all sorts of things that they need uh, to run a big, big, big uh, showing at their conventions. Because I, I yep, if you've been to the Gen link con, on the big board. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have, if you've ever been to Gen Con, Paizo has a, um, a pretty significant uh, following. Like they've got like that huge, like basically almost the entire second floor. So here is there, there have been years where the, the, the Paizo table footprint has been larger than the D&D footprint. You still have the you still have the D and D news up on the big screen. Oh, there, no, it's yeah. just you. Hey, I know. There's the big news right there. There you go. Oh, big guy. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> hey. Uh, did did it? Was it not showing the Paizo thing? No, no, no. We we can see the link now. Now yeah. we can see the link. Okay. Well, I had There's the vidcast of 2023. Show that, so. Yeah. We're so working at the, the link right people. there. Https. 
www.tabletopgamingnews.com/iso-looking-for-leadership-volunteers-for-2023. So for all you podcast who can't see the link, that's right. But now they can see it. So anyway, there's the link. But anyway, that's that is now the news. So if you're looking to volunteer, go for it. It's a good time. I had a terrible experience with the Paizo group. Hence the uh, oh, cut you? from the news every uh, yeah right. Every episode. Yeah, I've shared it before. J- Jason and I have talked. Yeah, Jason and I have talked about going to play Starfinder so many times at Gen Con, and we always find something else to do. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll tell I'll tell you oh. the story real quick. <laughs> there we go. I I was playing Starfinder. Go. Starfinder from Paizo is a lot like Star Wars Saga 3D. That's based on the same basic rules, right? D&D 3.5 uh-huh. Saga was based on D&D 3.5 and 4.0. And so I'd never played before, but I had GM Star Wars Saga for like three years and I knew the game inside and out. And the GM was mad that I understood how to play my character because I got the basics of the rules within five minutes of sitting down. And then he started like having all the baddies just attack me. And uh, he well, gave everybody like... target now, of- Dan. Say what? You're a huge target now. Yeah, you could ask Jim about this. He was like, yeah, he was being mean to you because he kept like throwing two D20s and it was like there'd be 10 baddies and five PCs and like nine of the baddies would attack me. It was so fun. I feel like this isn't the first time you've had been at a con and the DM has attacked you. I don't, I think that's my main story. No, there's two big stories. That was the small, I gave you the small story. It's in the show. We covered this when we covered was on it. The yeah, show. we've covered yeah. this ground. Yeah, go back into the archive. When I Nate... need to play more games with you at a con so I can experience this. I don't. I'm, it's a, true. I'm a nice guy. We also need to verify this. I just yeah. knew no, what play, to do with we my need character. playing with Dan's fun. Oh, we man. need we need Nate to come on and give us the the other side. Oh of yeah, the story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm done. Who's Jim? Jim and I were there and somebody else from our group, I can't remember who, but Jim was like, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll shut up now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good times. Well, thank you for the news, Dan. I know it was a slow time because of Christmas, which means that we get to play more, right? And that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. So speaking of the holidays and now that it's New Year's, it's time for our New Year's resolutions. So... Let's talk New Year's resolutions. Uh, first off, we need to do a review of what happened last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me start with mine. I'll start with mine. So my first resolution was win the Eternal War on Grey. I mean, I think that that might have been a bit of a lofty resolution there. Um, you can't blame me for reaching high. Uh, what happened? I painted several war bands. And I got overwhelmed. I got overrun. It was bad. I had a full retreat. Uh, this is like, but you know, I fought back valiantly at the end of the year and knocked out a couple of war bands. And so I'm still looking at a pile of gray that needs to be done, but there was some good stuff in there. I painted most of the box of Curse City, which is good. I, although was that last year? I don't think that was last year. <laughs> You know, I we talk about when we uh, yeah. when we set goals uh, with groups, we usually talk about making <laughs> realistic goals. 
That's yeah, true. Goals. Smart, smart goals. So, yeah, yeah. Measurable, Let's go through smart goals real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what does the S stand for with smart? What? What does it stand for? Oh, I'm, I'm Googling it. Specific. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> Specific. M. Measurable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, A-chievable. yeah, winning the eternal A-chievable. war. I mean, A-chievable. that in its name already. <laughs> yeah, the eternal war. Yeah, R is relevant. Have you I mean, played enough to Curse City yep. to justify painting Curse City? Well, to be fair, a lot of those models I knew were going to be used in Warcry Warbands as well. Warcry, okay. Yeah, and the T so. is for time bound. Yeah, well, it was within the year, year, right? It was within the year, and um. It was measurable, which is win. Did I win or no? I mean, yes or no. And, uh, you know, it was specific to models. Attainable is where it got me. Attainable. So was that attainable? Yeah. The problem is, is I uh, saw way too many other things. I did paint the um, the uh, new orcs from the cursed or from the Dominion box, right? The... Um, why am I forgetting their names? Cruel Boys. I did paint up that side of the box. I've got, you know, a bunch of, I, I got my Carriage Overlords painted. You did a lot. You did a I lot. Did. But I lot. imported more, though. I ended up getting two yes, extra Warcry boxes. I got a bunch of other stuff, so. What yeah. I'd like to suggest to you mm-hmm. is what would be your five-year trajectory? If you accumulate and paint minis at the current rate that you have over the yeah. last six months, yeah. In 20 years, will you have nothing but minis everywhere where the eye can see? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's, uh, in fact, in fact, your daughter, Jason, may have seen my Instagram reel that I put out yesterday that said, uh, you know, um, yeah, some people it. say that, you know, you uh, lose value this. Well, this, you know, who cares about that? I've got a mental, adi- uh, a mental yeah. <laughs> problem. Yeah. <laughs> So you did you did yeah, do a good anyway. job though achieving your second objective. Yes, my second objective was uh play sorry, it was run an event and I did two events and not just two events, right? So we we had the huzzah warcry event, but I also was the TO for the Warcry Grand Tournament at the Nova Open, which was kind of a big deal. That was a ended up being a, a major tournament in the u.s last year and i think kind of helped solidify us as uh sort of leaders within the war cry community because you know we're putting out stuff that uh that's relevant so yep it was pretty good that was a that was a good event so uh yeah so yeah well we should do more too i think that's that was a good very you know smart um, yep. You know, we could be measurable. We could achieve it. Uh, all those good things. And I, I think it was a stretch goal to too. I, I, I think was, when you said that, we were like, mm, uh, maybe. Well, I don't think yep. it, you were originally gonna on uh, Nova Open, but then you saw it as an opportunity and you grabbed the reins, which was good on you for that. Yeah. So there was another guy that had originally planned to run the competitive tournament, and he decided last minute that he didn't want to do that as well as the narrative. And so um, when I had James O'Brien on the show to talk about the Nova open on our AOS feed, he said, by the way, Warcry is missing a, a guy. And I said, I think I can be that guy. Let me, let me get back to you in two days. 
and I had to think about it if I really wanted to commit to it because it meant me painting a lot of terrain, which, by the way, I did. So I painted a lot of terrain. So, and we used every ounce of those terrains during our yeah, event. I like how you keep going back to that first one to try to help yourself feel better about it. It's like, <laughs> I we're got good. to somehow. Okay. It's so you did All good. right. My last one that good. I had was, yeah. My my last one I had was play more board games with the kids. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I did not do this as well. I think, I think part of the problem is I needed a better smart goal here. It was not measurable. Like more than what? You know, like more. Yeah. It sounds done, like, like or, you know. It sounds like a terrible waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we did play some games uh, and we had a good time, but I've got to figure out what kinds of games are going to really interest my kids and my wife and me. Like there's a weird Venn diagram that's right there that, um, sometimes the kids and I are sinking on a game and the wife is not and the wife and the kids are sinking and I am not. So yeah, I, I don't know what that is yet. You'll be happy if you just cut her out of the picture entirely. Yeah, but she's <laughs> just there. She's there. She's gotta be involved, right? So yeah. Oh, she listens anyway. to the show. Hi Lauren. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a joke. So yeah, I did not do I actually probably did better with my painting than I did with the board games with the kids. So my response to that was listen. Do better with some alone time than you did with father time. Oh, I'm telling you what though, man, painting minis is a damn antisocial activity. It is yeah. antisocial unless you're like, hey guys, let's have a painting party. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to schedule that into my life. At eleven o'clock, I can go down to the basement and paint minis till two a.m. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah, and get up at four. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so uh, nailed one, did okay ish on another, and failed at a third. So yeah, that that was my that's my recap. What Very about cool. you, Dan? Uh, Mine was RPG less and play board games more. I think because the way my year went, I did wind down RPG last year. I was spinning up my Klingon group. We ran for a little bit less than a year. We had a divorce in the RPG group, which is a bummer, by the way. You got a married couple inside your RPG group. They get a divorce. It's going to sour that whole group. You you got to pivot quick and come up with a new plan, and there's no good answer. But we had fun doing Klingons. I got everybody a um, a leather Klingon pin. This is real leather at Gen Con. Oh, that's and cool. And so we and uh, the other guy because the Star Wars campaign we did printed us all hoodies that referenced had logos and stuff that referenced what we did in that game. So it's a group where we throw money at each other, which is good fun. But that one we had to wind down a little bit. We're taking a bit of a break. There's a lot of things, like I'd mentioned, a lot of stuff going on in everybody's personal lives. Uh, RPGing less and doing West marches is awesome. By the way, I am glad we have a West marches campaign where I don't have to show up and I don't have to GM. And I can play when I want to play and GM when I want to GM. And it is amazing as far as getting RPGs to get all the fun out of a regular campaign without the burden of when's the next game? Can we get everybody here? Oh, we only have three out of five. Let's find another night. I hate all that stuff. I hate the logistics of putting together regular campaigns and West marches folks. And you can listen to our other podcasts where we talked about that extensively. Basically it's a lot of rotating GMs, 
a lot of players, people can just form a, a, a an impromptu group whenever there's players, whenever there's GMs, and there's a rule set to make sure things don't, don't get too weird. Um, and, and, and make sure we, one GM doesn't make life difficult for the other GM. So, uh, I give it, I give it two thumbs up for, uh, West marches and RPGs. It it really takes a lot of the, the family time scheduling. I did not have good scheduling this year because of, for family reasons. So I'm super glad we had West marches because then I could just show up or wait till the last minute to decide to show up. And that was amazing. Um, get into games, workshop games. I 99% I was going to do Warcry, and I did, but I almost didn't, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I got into Warcry. I have uh, a pretty good size. I've got enough minis in one, one, uh, one faction to probably squeeze out two war bands. If I had to, two crappy war bands, and I've got plenty minis to micromanage a, a decent war band in that faction. So I, now that I'm I'm painted and I'm good, I'm excited about that. I want to play that more. I don't know if I'm going to buy a lot of war bands this year, but um, I've got one. So let me know when you guys play. Okay. One's good. One is um, good. Uh, this is, and I'll talk about this when we talk about next year. Is the one I failed on was play the games I've been buying but haven't been playing. So I'm going to give myself a D minus there. Um, but we'll talk about that more in the next section. Fair enough. Jason, how was your year in review? All right. So my first one was to play a new game, either board video or tabletop or RPG a month. And I did, I did, I far, uh, surpassed this goal. Uh, the games pass was my savior to achieve this one. Played Ah. lots of new games this year. But I also played a lot of new board games, too. I got in with a, uh, a group that uh, plays about every other Thursday um, in my local area. And um, I didn't get it all the time, but probably about probably about uh, 50% of the year, I was with those guys playing a new, a new board game I hadn't, hadn't played before. So <clears throat> this was really good. Now, I did start to write it down. The problem is, is I hadn't quite put all of my kids onto their own, their own uh, Xbox account. So my kids, I have an Xbox in the basement as well, and they would just log in randomly and I'd be at work and all of a sudden I'd start getting achievements for games I was, was playing. And so they kind of muddied up my list of games that I'd played by playing other games as well. But I, but uh, um, I'm feeling pretty good about uh, achieving that one. So I give myself an A on that one. Yeah. Well, you had too many kids. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, the, over the break, I I assigned them all their own accounts over the break. Nice. So hopefully we'll fix that for next year. Can you guys when, walk me through how to do that? They're all playing on mine. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty easy. You just you just need their email address and you set up an account and put it under. So they have to have an email address. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Two out of three. Is not but you can okay. I create it and throw away Outlook ones from for my kids for their yeah. Xbox accounts. Yeah. Uh, my second one was to read a sci-fi or fantasy book a month. And I want to do that through either audio or physical. Uh, I have a kind of a long commute. Um, and uh, I will say I did a really good job on this one. That's only 12 books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I probably got to about 10. At the end of the year, I, I moved away from sci-fi fantasy and started to do some uh, other stuff that was work-related on my commute. But I'd give myself probably a B-plus on that one. Um, that's something that I really enjoy. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it because 
it helps me kind of stay up. And I'm not one of those guys that waits for the next, um, you know, good. What is it? What is that? Uh, Goodreads or what's that website mm-hmm. called that everyone? Yeah. Uh, waits for the next list to pop and grabs a thing at the top of the list. I'm like, I dig into sci-fi from like the seventies. Like Larry Niven is like oh. one of my, my most favorite sci-fi authors. And he's like, you know, he's like a late sixties to late seventies kind of a, when he was in his prime. Uh, so I like grabbing those classics because I like to see how they have influenced the literature that we have today. Hmm. Uh, but anyways, so I think I give myself a B to B plus on that. Uh, my last one was to design a game. Now this one was interesting. My goal was to design a game. I actually designed two games uh, this year. The first one we played on tabletop simulator and we only played it once together and I got a bunch of input to feedback and we never just got around to doing it again. Um, so that one I think wasn't quite complete, but I got the general mechanics in place. And then there was another game that I designed, which is a kind of a, a, a roll and write game. Cause I liked those mechanics where you, you know, you can roll for, you can create a resource on a turn and then everyone can kind of actually write on a piece of paper in front of them. Kind of like what twilight mm-hmm. inscription, which we've talked about is, and, and a bunch of other roll and writes. Uh, Did you play the um, zombie side roll and write with us? Yeah, I have it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You had you were, yep. you picked it up at Gen Con, right? Yep, picked it up Gen Con, and then we played it at I played it at my house with uh, several people many times. That so, was a lot. Uh, of fun. That was a lot yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I I will give myself an A for that one. However, that one was achieved at the very the, probably within the first quarter and a half of this year mm-hmm. and then i never got back to it so i didn't take it any further which is going to tie it like dan said it's going to tie into one of my resolutions for this next cycle nice very good okay well let's get into the resolutions for next year yeah so this one will go round robin a little bit we'll we'll do one at a time um so my first one is that i i do want to do more games with the kids for real this time that's what I literally put for real this time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a smart goal. I'm gonna say I'm gonna play a game with the kids once a month. So twelve games with the kids, and uh, and and that's what we're gonna do. My dad always making time for me to play a board game once a month. I know, right? I know. You're welcome, children. So <laughs> when you say twelve, is, maniacal painting. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. When I say twelve, it doesn't yeah. sound like that much, but yeah. Honestly, getting them to all sit down in the same place, like that, that actually may be somewhat achievable, somewhat. So it's going to happen. Are you going to count Sunday afternoon when nobody wants to take a nap? Are you going to count, like, if you sit down, you play three games of a card game? Are you going to count that? Like three games or count it as one? Yeah. Like, for example, this Sunday, I played played taco and burrito with my kids and we played it twice. Do I count that as two? Yeah. No, I count it. I I count it as one. Hold hold yourself to a higher standard than that, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. So, so once, once a month, I've got to do it once a month. I got to, I got to, it's got to be attainable, Dan. It's got to be attainable. And I'm going to say something, by the way. We played a a game. So, um, December, for some reason, they had a flash sale on Miniature Market on this game called Pact. It's like a goblin kind of sort of deck building game that you do. I got it for $5, right? It retails for $25. I got it for $5, $10 after shipping, right? And tax and stuff like that. And we played it. And um, my wife did not like it because she was getting trounced in the game. And I literally, guys, 
guys, I literally had to take my foot completely off the accelerator. You just and let like, the I could have, I could have just like, Hi, Lauren. Just, yeah, I could, I could have just literally just like kept thrusting with the dagger, right? And I'm, if I were playing with against you guys, I 100 yeah. would have, right? Ooh, but I, I was like, I want her. I literally in my mind said. I want her to play this again. And I'm like, Oh, I don't have to, I don't, I can't do anything right now. Next turn. Like I did that a couple of times mm -hmm. because yeah. I'm like, I want her to be able to play this again. <laughs> Cause yeah. it took well, her my... a little bit to figure out the mechanics. And by the end she was like figuring it out pretty well, but um, I, I could have completely demoralized her and that would have been contra. Uh, that tactic has failed for me in years recent because my wife has figured out that I'm letting her win. She says, you're letting me win. I'm never yeah. playing this again. <laughs> no, I'm just stupid, sweetie. Don't you know how stupid I am? I'm just real yeah. stupid. What do these cards do? <laughs> Let me just say, my wife felt bad for me once because she made me cancel a game night. So she's like, well, I'll play X-Wing with you. So I taught her how to play X-Wing, and she ended up kind of winning, pretty much winning, because I was not. I was pulling punches. And let me just say... That was the second most awkward night of our entire marriage. <laughs> Not nice. the, first. the first one being the wedding, right? Right? Wedding night. La, 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 la. I didn't <laughs> say that. I did not say that. You said that. Don't put words in my mouth. So, yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting. I've, I've got to find the right games that everybody's going to kind of be, be into and we're gonna play some. Your, we're gonna play some games. One a month. You can do it. Once a month is doable. Kids, Justin, your goal is the kids, Once not not the whole family. Once a month is doable. You can do it. That's true. Yep. One game a month. <laughs> He's updating. His... Good. Make it measurable. I am. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What about there you, Dan? Okay. You All right. Um, I really want to play the games I've been buying. I've got games on the shelf. I've never played. Zombie Side Green Horde. I hear it's a horrible game. I have it on my shelf. Oh, I've played it. It's a great game. I've heard it's terrible. Oh my gosh, really? Hate it. I want it's to play a, it. It's, it's right game. there. Who I really hates that game? game. It's so well, all right. Fun. Let's let's prove it. Let's play it and prove I want it. I don't have an opinion on it. I haven't played it. <laughs> and by the way, know. those are some mini. Those are some minis that need to be painted. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's Absolutely. some amazing minis. I know. Yeah. Well, that's late. That's my later thing that I've got to cover. Okay. So okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I've got um. I've got a lot of expansions for games I love. I've never played any of those expansions. I really just want to start playing my library. I want to play my library more than adding to it. So um, I have gotten lucky with a few expansions. Miniature Market had this gigantic felt Las Vegas version expansion to Wits and Wagers. And my wife really like, likes Wits and Wagers. I forgot I even bought it. It was like five bucks. I've spent more on shipping the tube was like this long, you know, it was like, you know, 28, 30 inches long. And we got it out New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve. Jay was there. We had an absolute blast. And I'm like, oh man, the stuff that I have on my shelf is good. If I would yeah. just look at my shelf instead of trolling around the internet to buy more, to get the, what is it? The dopamine hit of buying something. And, and another example of Dan has this knack of finding things for cheap. Like right. it was awesome. Right. You know, it's she couldn't get mad at me. And it was a game she liked there and it go. was a, it helped the game be more fun with a big group. It was a win, 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 win. Yeah, Always cool. You know, Dan, if you want to play more games and not buy, I still find the good deals. Just post them in the discord and let your friends buy them. 
Sure. And I, I think I need to do that more. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I think I have over the, I, I just, I, we I should think just I, make I have a channel me. called Dan's Discounts. Dan's Discounts. Sometimes by the time it's already, I've posted Dan's it, it's gone. Discount. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that's my thing is to keep playing my library yeah, more than buying. Uh, my first one is to produce well, on, the games on, that I designed. Oh. <clears throat> hold on. Hold on, Jason. Sorry. Dan, you're doing a smart is that goal? measurable? Yes. Is it measurable? <laughs> Okay, here we go. I'm going to play every game that I've never played that I own and every expansion. Well, not every expansion. I have a lot of expansions. I need to play every game that I own that I've never played in 2020. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Is that a table, okay. Dan? Okay. Well, I got to figure out a thing. I I, I got to figure out a thing. How about six games collecting dust? Collecting guts there you go. dust okay. is never That's played. Fantastic. Never yeah. played or only played once. Fair enough. Six games. All right. I think that's doable. I'm writing it down it in the show notes, people. Six that's good. Games. That's good. All right, Jason. Sorry to steal your thunder. We just needed to get nail him down a little bit. No, that's okay. So uh I'm going to produce one of the two games that I made uh designed last year. So actually so, produce it. Yeah. Now that doesn't necessarily what does mean, that look like it doesn't necessarily mean Kickstarter, but it means a way that I can a way that I can actually acquire the materials to put in a box so that mm -hmm. I could give it to someone as a gift if I wanted to. Right. Or I could okay. give it to someone else to determine, Hey, is this thing worth going any further? So I don't mean, yeah. I don't want to go Kickstarter. I don't want to find a publisher. I want to just make a contained thing, tangible thing that I could hand to someone, or I could take to the Gen Con play test area and sit down and say, let's play this. What do you guys think? So does that mean like 3D print the parts and, and it, like it might get some it of the It might be 3D print. It might be 3D print. It might be just send off, you know, cards to what is it like Arts Cow is one of those. You can just yeah. you can make like a fake, you know, a deck, fake deck of cards, whatever one you want. And it might be that. But I just wanna I wanna have I wanna produce a game in a box that I can then take to Gen Con and maybe do an event with. Like uh like our friend with Wizard Miners, right? He's he's made yeah two okay. copies and every year he goes to gen con with it and he plays it to refine it with people so i want to maybe that should be my goal is to produce one of the games and take it to a convention and play it oh i like that i like that one yeah. a lot uh and fortunately i know a guy who's into making boxes right now yeah right with I special nice finger box. joints yeah <laughs> Yeah, just say this is not for protection. This is just as a proof of yeah. concept. Proof of concept. Yeah. You come in Very there good. with some nice finger joints, and people will be like, "Hey, yeah, ooh. there's no staples or screws in that box. This game sucks, wow. but look at this box. Why? Wow. There's a carpenter in look this at those equation. finger joints. Yeah. So I think that's measurable. <laughs> By the end of the year, I should have a boxed. I should have a box of one of my games, and I should have taken it somewhere and if to play outside of my normal group. And if you plan to take it to PAX East, that's in December. So you got 12 months. That's right. No. <laughs> it's right over my anniversary. Always no problem to do that. Not a problem. Not an issue. Not a problem. Okay. So my uh, my second one that I have is I want to play some of the starter sets that I have. Some of the RPG starter sets. So I've got 
this 2022, I ended up collecting a few. I kind of realized in 2022 that I I liked collecting starter sets. And it kind of started with the Call of Cthulhu starter set and the RuneQuest starter set that I got. And some of these other ones, I'm like, I really like these starter sets. It gives me a great opportunity to really dig into like what this game is about. And I think with starter sets, you really get to see what the producer of that RPG wants you to play out of the box. Like, this is an ideal game that you would have with this with this RPG in that starter set. So I love them for that because it's a great opportunity to try it out, see if you like the mechanics and things like that. So um, I've got quite a few on my shelf over here. I've got the One Ring. Uh, Blackbird just came out with a starter set, and I figure since I book, I should just pick up the starter set anyway. I got Warhammer Fantasy right there. Um, I picked up a virtual blades in the dark from a humble, humble bundle. So looking forward to trying that one out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got quite a few that I want to play. So I, I figure those four would be pretty good. One ring, blackbirds, Warhammer fantasy blades in the dark. Let's do those four this year, um, with those starter sets and see what we see, what we come up with. So I want to, I want to try those out variety because variety is the spice of life right yeah let's do it let's do it yeah so that's my second one dan what's your second one all right here we go as of january 1 that includes my son's marvel united minis i'm going to paint Mm -hmm. every mini that's a mini not like a little wood meeple yeah those don't but everything that's like a plastic mini on a stand is going to be painted by the end of the year Okay. How many do you estimate that you have right now? Just a ballpark figure. Um, there's probably a hundred Rise of Moloch minis, probably 45 mm-hmm. zombie side minis. I've got dozens of uh let's see, New Angeles minis, which is okay. Android the universe. Uh what else? Horrified. Okay. Horrified has minis. So it's yeah, not that yeah. many. If I really went through and just Probably I would like say you probably have 200. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably 200, 250 minis. And I, I mean, I plowed through those Rise yes, of Moloch minis and the Lord of the Rings minis. Yeah, when you I can got do that. Into I'm good at but doing here's big badges. Okay. So I agree with you. But here's the question um, Do you feel like you are getting pickier with your quality than yes. you did when you were doing the the lord of the rings minis for example yeah 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 yeah. the lord of the rings minis i'm not as proud of as i should be but they turned out very nice but that was like my training wheel set of minis even though they're on the display case behind me in that corner um i look at them and go well that was kind of reductive you know there's not as many colors as i could have used there's not as much variety first of all i was using a very much much more limited palette of colors than i have now yeah 100 percent um and so yeah sure but they're not perfect but that's the great thing about painting a board game mini is that it's a whole lot of who cares yeah yeah oh if you've got paint on a board game mini that's a bonus yeah everybody's like wow yeah yeah you bring in you bring in a half-assed uh war cry war band and everybody's like oh you suck (laughs) half-assed board game mini everybody's like wow (laughs) wow you care about your games yeah, that's yeah. a that's a culture difference for sure. Yeah, right? big culture difference, and there's a lot less stress. It's just for fun. It's pure funsies, yeah. pure funsies. Yeah. Not like, 
oh, you know, I better work on, I better get dirt and rocks for the base and all that stuff, which I, I like doing. I've done that this year, but for a board game, paint it black, move on. Yeah, we um we played Ankh this uh, last week, you and I, and Man, our friend how did that Sean fall off at Adams. I know, I don't know. I don't know how it did, and I kind of want to insert it here because that is a cool minis or not game, and our friend Adam painted those miniatures, and how much better was it having them painted on that board playing? Like, so much better. So much better. So much His better. His paint jobs were amazing, thematic, immersive. I was down for the whole thing. It, yep. For that, because what you're, you know, Ankh is Egyptian gods fighting each other. You kind of have to dial up the, I don't know what the right phrase is. You have to, the genre piece. It has to feel more yeah. genre-y because that's kind of like why you're playing that game and not some other random mini war right. game on a, on a planet or, or on a battle map. Yeah, but no, could have been a great with any other game, but. Egyptian gods definitely, and so it. Um, I agree. Uh, so two two fifteen. I think you can do it, Dan. I think that's a, an interesting goal. I think that's a bit of a stretch goal, but I think it's a good one. Well, I, it's like a no risk goal. It's like who cares if you don't pay your paint your board game minis? You know, it's like not a big deal. By the way, um, our friend Adam posted pictures of his Ankh minis on our Discord. So if you're following the tabletop oh, yeah. and down, you can see you can see what he'd been doing, and they turned out wonderful in my opinion yeah yeah yep yep very good uh and if you're wondering how to get into the tabletop and beyond discord page visit our facebook page or twitter we've got it pinned post and pinned tweets where the discord is you just click the link and hop in with us and we've uh we've had a flux of new people come in lately and uh we've had some really awesome discussions especially our andor one today that was interesting so uh all right jason what's your number two (laughs) (laughs) well my number two uh goal will be to gm more um okay i i like to gm a lot um it's something i think that i i think i have a knack for being able to gm without a lot of prep and still have fun because of just the type of games that i play right like i'm not a i'm not really a a D gm i do stuff like you know the the zines uh the little like pamphlet uh uh rpgs like mothership uh hell knight is supposed to be coming to me this year which i'm really excited about so we're gonna do that one that was a kickstarter from last year um i have the blade runner book now with the starter kit in my house so i'm prepping that one and then we still need to revisit the the last two arcs of the aliens rpg Lincoln so my goal is to knock me. I know uh, my goal is to knock all of those out, um, at least one of all of those uh, this year. So that's one, two, three, four, which I think is is totally achievable. But I want to just at least put it there as an objective so that I'm tracking it because I enjoyed it. I enjoy jamming, and a lot of times the months just fly by, and I realize I haven't done it in a while. Um, so I want to get sure them on the calendar. That it's there. Yeah. Yeah. We need the system in place, right, to help us, yep. which is getting yeah. it on the calendar. Very good. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay, so my third one is that I want to attend at least three conventions this year. So maybe four. And here are the things. Here are the ones that I'm thinking of: Adepticon, Gen Con, Nova Open, and maybe PAX East because that's in Philadelphia. 
So he I'm used to be in Boston. Go, so Philly's way yeah. better than Boston. It is, and it's right near that reading terminal, which is like always a good time for food. I mean, like that food there is amazing. So um, I think it would be fun to just like get up to Philly because it's only like two hours, two hours and a bit from where we live, and just spend a little weekend. How there. fast are you driving, man? You're talking about Pax Unplug. Philadelphia is like a four-hour drive. No, it is traffic. not. No, it's with not. Normal it's traffic York, in the DC man. metro area. It's four. No, I've never not. made it to Philly in under four hours. How slow well, are you driving? You watch when you leave. I'm driving you as slow the as the brake lights in front of me. Well, okay, that's probably the problem. Like <laughs> we went problem. to, we went up, we went up to Philadelphia, and we had to be up there by eight a.m. So we left at five, and we were there with like thirty minutes to spare, two and a half. Hours. I've never, I've, I have, I will say, I have done it in about three and a half. That's the fastest I've ever been able to do it. Huh. Yeah, time of day really matters. The 95 yeah, is like terrible. Yeah, it is. But anyway, so, it's not but, that far um, away. Yeah, so so three conventions. The the biggest hurdle here is going to be convincing my wife that three conventions is the maybe four like is good. We so, should decide if we want to look for a, a teeny tiny armpit convention locally. That we don't oh, have to like a Nova Open where you don't have to shell out for uh, uh, room and board. Yeah. So yeah, the Nova uh, Open is good that way where you know you don't have to do much. And Dan, this year you should come play Warcry. Yeah, I I, I would. I had real life stuff interrupt that, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. down for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because even if you don't want to do the competitive tournament, they got the narrative, which is a ton of fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I wish their fees were a little lower. Nova Open is a little pricey on fees, but the venue's yeah. okay. The venue's pretty good and it's very contained, self-contained in one large hotel. So fun sun fun fact, venue is changing. It's gonna be at the Hilton in DC now. Oh. So it's gonna be actually so the Nova Open will be in Washington, DC, which is kind of hilarious. Okay, we'll talk offline, we'll see what kind of hit. <laughs> yeah. I might have access to park. I might have access to free parking. Let's talk. Let's just oh, say that out loud. Okay. All right. I like. I like. It where depends that's on going. which Hilton. Depends on which Hilton. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, so anyway, um, yeah, that's that's mine. Is go to some conventions. I'm going to try to make three, if possible, four. That's my stretch on that one. Four. So, all right, Dan. What about your second? Uh, I really do want to produce at least one adventure under the Genesis Foundry gaming license, not to make money. I probably will maybe just give it away for free or, or do a pay what you want and just leave it in like a drive through RPG account or they never, they never cash it out. And I just get other, get other, you know, PDFs with it mm-hmm. um, or just give it away for funsies um, and just, I've always wanted to do it. I've had a lot of ideas rumbling around in my head for literally years. And I think I just need to do the beginning and the middle and the end instead of just the beginning part. I don't want to be the guy who starts lots of projects and never finishes and never finishes them. Yeah, dude, that's cool. That's cool. Well, uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but we have a Patreon coming out for the account that we've been working on. Uh, Jason's already written part of, uh, or he's already written an adventure that's going to be part of the first uh, month's rewards. Um, So when that comes out, you guys will see that. But uh, he and I will be writing quite a few RPG adventures. And uh, I think, Dan, at one point you said that you may contribute to a Star Wars one at one point. 
Yeah, I'm happy to to run Zoom games with people who contribute. So um, I've been doing it a long time, right, Jason? Plus years that you and I have not been gaming. So if I've been doing it since the late 1980s. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things we want to do for certain levels of our Patreon was to have a um, have a an online gaming session. Uh, with those who are part of yep. our Patreons to give them priority in our seats online. So that'd be cool. I will say the first adventure that we did was originally written as a Shadow of the Demon Lord adventure, but we we converted it to 5th edition so that yep. people who are familiar with that will be able to run our first adventure as a 5th edition adventure. So that'll be fun. You're just putting nails in the coffin of Shadows of the Demon Lord? Is that what you're doing? No, we're going to have a Shadow of the Demon Lord yeah. adventure in there. <laughs> we thought about so. actually... Um, uh, publishing both, but this one, I, just to kind of get our wheels under us, we we put it in just to help us form our templates and stuff. We formed it yeah. into fifth edition. So the the other thing too is that we've got um, twelve adventures coming out, one for each month, right? And Jason and I co- collectively decided that because you know D and D is the the big juggernaut in the room, uh, we'll be doing six D and D adventures and six non D and D adventures. So mm. that'll include like a mothership, a call of Cthulhu, uh, uh, maybe a Blackbirds one, like something that uh, is just a little bit different that has rule set, quick start rule sets out there, so that if you know our our folks aren't as familiar with those games, they can still download um, some quick start rule sets and play a game with it. So um, I have a Star Wars Saga edition. Uh, mission i wrote for kubla khan in 2006 that's begging oh, to be wow. converted into the ffg system so okay there you it, go. it might lower my barrier of, of entry is having uh having yeah, a lot of it. the writing already done it's just a matter of can i find the hard drive that has those files <laughs> right. yeah that's why all my stuff's on google drive that's right exactly my computers die the notes stay with me very good all right jason what's your 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 one take us home I will say that I have to continue to upgrade my Google Drive plan, though, <laughs> to hold on to all that's that stuff. Because right. entropy, entropy, entropy is real. Do you mind sharing with our listeners? Entropy is real. What'd you say? Which plan are you? How many? How many? Oh, how much space are you buying a year? I don't even know. I think I'm on the. I think I'm on the one, the first terabyte one now. The first terabyte. Yeah. It keeps, I think I was at the 200 gig last, and it's. Uh, it was the next one after that. Yeah. But I got to be fair, mine's shared across my whole family. So I have yeah. eight people that, well, not my little ones. I basically have five adult-ish people that are hitting that storage space. Well, when, when they they shifted Google Photos into that storage space, too, yeah, that, that was a big change. Yeah, that was it. And that I, actually, I started getting notifications mid last year that I was hitting my cap. And I'm like, how the crap am I hitting my cap? And I looked, it's because my freaking, my daughter, she had her <laughs> iPhone. Like- she had her iPhone auto backing her Google photo to her Google photos. So there was like, there was like 80 gigs of like Instagram, like five second clips. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is not happening anymore. Yeah. It's <laughs> like tough. I went in there and I said, all of your stuff is local. When your phone fills up, it's your problem. So she's not, she's nice. not on. She's actually not on the, <laughs> on the Google drive right <laughs> now. It's from the Google yeah. drive. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, so my last one is uh, to play Kill Team for Reels uh, oh. this year. And I got to think of how to actually make that, you know, measurable. Um, but like, I, I really wanted Convention. to get into Kill Team last year. We played one game and that was it. 
um, which was cool. So we, you know, accomplished one yeah. game. But how do we, how do I get into it for real? Because we're War Cry is kind of our main thing, which I'm yep. absolutely okay with still being. But I want to also be able to explore the sci-fi skirmish. You I need to tell take a Saturday you. and do it for four, four or five hours, <laughs> and do yeah. multi, just just get like four players together and do like yeah. a round robin. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't tell you, Jason, but I got the um into the dark box. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Lauren got it it's... for me for Christmas, so that's more miniatures. And that more yeah, minis. I know more terrain. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I've got the into the dark box, which uh, which will be interesting because that's kind of the season that they're playing right now. But um, you want to know how to make this measurable? Say that you're going to play kill team at a convention because you you will have to learn it well enough to go play yeah. a convention. Now they got casual pods that they can play and. Yep competitive ones and i'm okay like playing kill team casual you know yeah um or prepping for that anyway yeah i have to think about that because i want i really want to focus my conventions on um war cry but you could always you know could always break it up as long as they don't overlap well so that's the thing right is um so i found out this here's a spoiler alert for everybody i'll be running the war cry gt next year um, I've already been nominated in at, at Nova at slash Nova. DC but, slash Nova. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And, um, the thing about that is that they're making it on a Sunday this year. The War Cry GT is going to be on a Sunday. That's going to be hard with. I know. Yeah, I know. Sundays um, are hard. The narrative, the narrative will be, um, like he wants to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday the guy wants to do a war cry narrative mm. those three days. Um, but he's kind of like pop in, pop out. Like if you want to play one day and not another day or like whatever, it doesn't matter. So I'm thinking yeah. that I'll play some kill team on some days and then some war cry narrative and then, um, then run the, the GT. So, um, I know I tried to get the GT on a Thursday, but, um, they really wanted to put it on a Sunday because they're making the age of Sigmar, gt or uh grand tournament earlier so i think that they're going to cut down to the top eight on sunday for example mm. and um not have an rtt so it'll he's like i think you'll get a lot more people to come and play war cry because like the age of sigmar is not gonna be there and i'm like maybe but we'll see you know so sunday sunday last day of the con a lot of people are traveling on that sunday i know i know so yeah. oh well, we'll see we'll see what happens yep so I want to play kill team for real. So I put play kill team in a convention of some form. Don't don't play yeah, competitive. That's good. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Won't be competitive. Oh, absolutely won't be competitive, uh, unless I'm really feeling it by you know summertime for some reason. Yeah, we'll see. Warcry is my main. I just really want to get into kill team a little bit more. But uh, I'm still, to be fair, I'm still not 100 percent sure how I feel about kill team. I'm excited based off of our one game. And a lot yeah. of you know battle reports I've been reading or uh, uh, watching, but uh, I want to have a position on kill team, more of a position on it. That's fair. Let's say it that way. That's, That's it good. for me. That's good. Well, I think that these are all very good, smart goals, gentlemen. I think we've revised them to uh, help us be a little bit more measurable next year when we review them and go through yeah. them. Now the trick will be to remember that we actually put these down. Cause I'm going to be honest. I've kind of forgot about the kid playing more 
more board games with the kids. Kind of forgot, I forgot about, about my kids all year. I just... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, uh, they times, were finding but... scraps to eat. Yeah, you never you know, forgot about your little gray minis. <laughs> your real they kids. Also don't, they also don't talk back to me. <laughs> there you they go. It cost me a lot of money still, though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So anyway, uh, thank you everybody to listening to this. What are your goals that you guys have this year? We'd love to hear about it in the discord. We'd love to hear about some of the goals that you might have um, on Facebook or Twitter. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think. And um, we'd, we'd love to chat about it. And if we can help you get there, we'd be happy to do it. So just let us know. Uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, keep the dice rolling. Have a good night, everybody. And thanks for See watching. You. Thanks for watching. Hopefully. <laughs>